Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. And now, now, prepare yourself for the only talk radio show you'll want to turn up. Crank this thing. Sirius XM Pandora presents the place where your hard rock and metal voice can still be heard. Unfiltered, uncensored, say whatever you want. Hit the record button. Anything can happen, you know. I know that ain't nobody out there came to be mellow tonight, now did you? I say, I say there ain't nobody. I say there ain't nobody not out there that even wants to be a little bit mellow now, is there? Anybody wants to get mellow, you can turn around and get the fuck out of here, all right? This is the Trunk Nation Podcast, Podcast. with host A. Trunk. Hey folks, it's Eddie Trunk and welcome to another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast, which of course is new each and every Thursday, available free wherever you get your podcasts. And as I always tell you, the interviews you hear on the podcast, they originated on my Sirius XM radio show, which is called Trunk Nation and heard live Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time on volume, Sirius XM channel 106. Nightly re-airs 10 to midnight Eastern and full shows, interviews, audio, video, and more anytime you want on the Sirius XM app. As I tell you each and every week, if you're only listening to the podcast, you're getting a tiny, tiny fraction of what I do on a daily basis on SiriusXM. So come on board and join me if you're not already on SiriusXM and get the whole picture and hear, hear everything live and interact and great stuff going on. All your music news. I saw the Black Crows a week and a half ago, raved about that, did a full review on the Sirius XM show. Every day we're bringing you news, newsmaking interviews, analysis, discussion. I call it sports talk for rock fans. Hope you join me if you're in the U.S. or Canada and come on board for Sirius XM. Everybody else around the world uh, where you can't hear Sirius XM outside of U.S. and Canada, this is also a way for you to connect with what I do and some of my interviews that I get to bring you about a week to two weeks after they air live on the radio. And speaking of interviews, I've got two for you this week. We're going to start out with Miles Kennedy. Miles just started a solo tour. He's one of my favorite people, one of my favorite musicians and singers. And his new album, The Ides of March, is a favorite of the year so far for me, for sure. I also love Alter Bridge. Miles is a frequent guest on my show. It's always great to talk to him. And we will visit with him first this week. I figured good timing. This interview was done a couple weeks ago, but with the tour starting, his solo tour in the U.S., 
good time to bring this interview out as the podcast. If you missed it when it was originally on SiriusXM, or like I said, if you don't have access to SiriusXM, here's another way to hear that interview. So Miles Kennedy first, talking about preparing for his tour and a whole lot more. Second interview is one I did more recently. This was done about a week ago. And it's with Zach Wild, another frequent guest on my show. Zach announced a new studio record and some touring. And we talk about Ozzy and a bunch of other great stuff. That'll be the second interview this week. So get ready for that. A double dip, a nice long extended double interview edition of the Eddie Trunk podcast. Zach Wild first. Uh, I'm sorry, Miles Kennedy first, followed by Zach Wild. As usual, please be sure to follow me on social media for info and updates at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, fan page on Facebook, eddietrunk.com is the website. Certainly Instagram and Twitter were where would be uh, the two places I am the most active. Posted some great video from the Black Crows show up there as well. You had a chance to check it out. If not, go take a look. Uh, what else do I need to tell you? I think that kind of covers it. We've got long interviews for you this week, so let's get right to them. First of two interviews, Zach Wild a little bit later on, but we get started with Miles Kennedy. He's out touring right now with his solo band. Miles wears three hats, lead singer for Slash, lead singer and guitarist for Alter Bridge, and now his own solo band simply under his name. We touch on all three of those things and his upcoming tour right now in this conversation on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Enjoy. All right, let's get to the uh, our guest today. It's always great to welcome this guy. He is uh, an old friend, and I'm a huge fan of his work with all of his bands. Currently, he is getting ready to go out on a solo tour, and that is Miles Kennedy joining us now on Trunk Nation. How are you, bud? I'm good. How are you doing, Eddie? I'm good. I'm good. What do you What do you think of those? What, you big Iron Maiden fan? Didn't you cover Run to the Hills or something? Yeah. I, I covered the Trooper, the I, Trooper. my solo band. In fact, I'll probably do it on this upcoming run. Yeah, I mean, I obviously Maiden, uh, for those of us who grew up, um, you know, like metal kids in the 80s, <laughs> you know, they were they were a big one. So it's it's really inspiring to see them out there still doing it. And like you're saying, still making these records where obviously they care. You know, they're not just phoning it in. I mean, 10 second, you know, 10, 10 minute uh, epics are, uh, those aren't easy to write. So they're, they're, you know, they're giving it. Yeah. They're getting their uh, prog on. I mean, Bruce was telling me in the interview I just did with him the other day that that him and Steve Harris are both huge progressive rock fans. And as they get later in their life, they keep exploring that side and going into these epics. I mean, we thought rhyme of the ancient Mariner was epic when it came out back in the day and here they are pumping out like 10 on one record. Do you remember the first time you saw Iron Maiden live? You must've seen them live as a kid, right? You know what? I couldn't, I never had the opportunity to see them because when they came through town, I was, you know, young enough where my parents were still like, you know what, until you're 15, you're not going to be able to go to rock shows, which was a total drag. Cause I, I missed out on all these great shows. I did have an opportunity in, I think it was like 88 and guns and roses was opening for them in Spokane. So, and, and once again, uh, I think I had some sort of, cause I was in the, <laughs> being a band, I was in the marching band or something and I couldn't get out of some obligation I had with the, with the high school band. So I think I missed that show as well. I didn't get to see them live until we started doing festivals with Alter Bridge. And it was great because we got to stay on the side of the stage and, 
you know, what, what better seat do you, can you ask for than that? And, uh, they did, they definitely, definitely, uh, did not disappoint. Hey, you know, you just mentioned marching band and I know how serious marching band is because I currently have a freshman and a senior, uh, kid in marching band. And I never realized the commitment. Uh, my daughter is the senior and she is full on into it. And I never realize the commitment for marching band that's like boot camps and all this stuff that they do what did you play in marching band so i was a trumpet player and then in my senior year that year when iron man came through with with uh, guns and roses i graduated to being the drum major which means i was the guy who led the band like i was the guy in the front you know conducting and it was it was uh, me and a, and a and a girl karen she was she was great she really did the the brunt of the work i mean i was just kind of there she was she was amazing but uh yeah that so that was my role in the senior year so how do you so can you play everything like were you playing drums and then playing flute or clarinet or whatever were you like jumping around or did you just how did, how did that transition happen? It seemed like very early on you were multitasking as a musician, Miles. Yeah, yeah, I was, I, I, I definitely uh, was jumping around quite a bit. Uh, to be honest with you, the only instruments I played at that point were trumpet, guitar, and I think I played trombone for a while. I might have played. Um, I think that was it. That was pretty much all I was used for. But like I said, when it came to the marching band by my senior year, I mean, all I had to worry about was just my conducting skills. So I'd stay, you know, I'd stand in front of the, the entire band and, you know, mark time mark. And you basically, you had all this power because your t- the tempo you establish and, and uh, kind of how you guide the band was uh, pretty pretty important i mean um you have you had the ability to completely destroy the whole thing if you wanted to what i do remember a lot because i was a uh you know i was a young rocker and i think some of the parents initially were like well, what's the deal this guy's gonna lead the he's representing the marching band he's got this really long hair and i said well i'll tell you what I'll, they were basically wanting me to cut my hair so i'll tell you what i'll make a deal let's do business in the front party in the back and so i i was like an early mullet just for to keep the parents <laughs> happy, <laughs> which I just seen because because Def Leppard at the time had released uh, "Woman." Remember that that video? Of course, it was the first yeah. song they released off of Hysteria, and I was like, "Well, Joe Elliott's hair looks pretty cool. Maybe I'll give you know, give that a try to keep the band parents happy." So <laughs> so you know you got this this kind of I don't know whatever you whatever you want to call that haircut a mullet guy, guy leading the band. And, and as we would go on these, we'd be, we'd do parades. So you'd go, we'd go to various towns around Spokane. And I remember one, one in particular, we're marching down the street and I'm at the very front of the band with Karen and we're doing our thing. And, and I start hearing this chant on the side of this, on the side of the street. And it's a bunch of like young athletes. And they notice that this hippie is leading the band and, with you hear them chanting, cut your effing hair, cut your effing hair, you know, and it was just, <laughs> I was like, I, re- I have such a, such a vivid memory of, of uh, all sorts of berating from people from the stands. And a lot of people had issues with the fact the guy in the marching band had long hair, but it was funny. Can you play drums? Horribly. Yeah, I can't play drums. I'm, I'm actually, that's, that's one thing that uh, I never did spend the time. 
learning to do because I always played with such amazing drummers. You know, in high school, and he was in the marching band as well, Zia, Zia Udine, the guy who plays drums with my solo project and also played in the Mayfield Four. And when you've got that guy as your drummer, there's no need to learn how to play drums. Yeah, I'm just curious because, you know, Ides of March is, uh, you know, your current solo record. And I just saw Wolfgang play for the first time live with our buddy Frank up there. It's good seeing him in Vegas the other night. And, you know, Wolf made this record, which I love his record, doing everything himself. And I'm just wondering if there's a potential Miles Kennedy album in the future where drums, everything, that you could pull a move off like that if you'd be interested in doing that. Well, it's kind of the demo process. So when I like demoed these tracks, essentially that's what I did. So there, you can actually buy them. I think they're available on like certain uh, versions of the album where the demo comes uh, w- with it. For, and I think I think I might have included Ides of March and a few other things. Now, granted, I played all the instruments on on that, with the except with the exception of the drums. I just simply programmed the drums. I mean, at this point, you can do so much with programs. So basically, everything that I'm hearing in my head, then we, we emulate when we go in the studio. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe, maybe one day I'll do a, a record of, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe a, maybe a polka record and I'll, I'll play all of the accordion parts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, I got one for you. So Wolf told me of all the instruments he plays and everything he did on his record, which was everything, his favorite thing to do, interestingly, is play drums. His favorite instrument to play is drums. So maybe you do everything, and you can hire Wolf to play drums on the record. There you go. So he, he did a great job. He actually did a great job on uh, Clint Lowry's record. He played drums on, on that uh, record that came out a couple of years ago. Yeah, he's a great yeah. drummer. Yeah, yeah, it was good seeing him live, and I, and I like the record. I think it's great what he's doing. So um, you're getting ready to go out. Now, we had you on for the album, The Ides of March, and I told you, and I've texted you since, I, I truly, truly love this record, and I, I spent a lot of time listening to it, and I'm, I'm really excited to hear some of it played live uh, when you get out there and, and, and start doing it. Uh, the tour kicks off next Tuesday in, uh, I believe, where you're kicking off in Florida, right? Yeah, yeah, St. Pete, from what I understand. So, um, yeah, we're excited. I guess I should. Start how you feeling? No, how you feeling about <laughs> uh, Miles? How you feeling about this solo tour versus when you went out for the last one? Different approach you're taking. I mean, the last one I didn't catch you on the last one, but was the last one just you solo acoustic, or did you have a band as well? So it, it it depended on which which leg of the tour we were on. We I basically did both versions, and and I'll probably do that with this as well. With some, I'll, I'll focus more on the acoustic side, but with this upcoming one, I'm taking the band out, and um, it's you know it's really great for me to do to have the opportunity to perform with the band because you know we do it as a three piece, and I and I love there's something about a trio that I've always been. Um, really interested in because I feel like you've got no room to hide. You know, it's, it's, it's as a, as a front man and guitar player and all of that, just having this really awesome rhythm section kind of establish the foundation and allow me to kind of do what I want to do as a guitar player and a singer is, is, is something that's, um, you know, I just really enjoy. So, 
um, that's what we're going to do on this for the next month. And we'll go out and, and uh, we'll do the, do the trio thing. And from that point forward, it'll probably be a combination. Uh, some tours will, like I said, hope, hopefully an acoustic run here and there and then do an electric run and, and uh, just mix it up. I'm, I'm cool with, I love trios, but that's the three is the minimum amount of people I want to see in a band. I'm not down with these two piece bands. <laughs> I don't, to me, when it gets below three people, it just feels like novelty to me. Uh, you, you got one guy, he's like playing with his elbow, his toe, his nose. It's like, just put a third person in the band. I'm just of the belief that the minimum amount of people that need to exist in a rock band is three. All respect to the guys that are doing it at two, for two people, but I'm seeing this rise in this thing of like, yeah, we're a two piece. And I'm like, ah, you're not really like, I'll go see a band. that have like a whole track playing. I'm like, just go get a guy to play. Like what's going on. So three is the cutoff for me, miles. Don't go below three. I will <laughs> definitely keep, keep that in mind. I'm, you know, I can't help but wonder if some of that is just the economics of touring in this day right. and age. It's probably, it's getting so difficult for, for people not to, to tour in the red, but they're like, well, if we do it as a, as a two piece, we'll at least we will be able to eat on the, on the tour. But yeah, I promise you, I won't, uh, I won't, uh, I won't go out go out. If it's going to be, a, you know, an electric, a plugged in, a fire, right. it'll, it'll be at least a three piece. And that that's an important distinction. I'm not talking about a solo acoustic thing. Cause that's a totally different thing. And by the way, tying in with that, I saw on your website, mileskennedy.com, there were some great performances that you did of a, of a few songs from this record where you were, was it the Fox Theater? Was that what it was? It, it, where you played yeah. solo acoustic? That was fantastic, man. Tell me about that. Thank you. Um, yeah, we, we, sh we did that back in, I want to say December, and the Fox is a legendary theater here in Spokane where I live. It's just a, an amazing beautiful venue and they were kind enough to uh to, to let me record some songs so you know basically just uh i went up there by myself with uh you know some some recording software i basically used what i used to make the demos at the house and and recorded uh recorded the, the footage and then we had a great videographer guy capture it and um yeah so that was that was fun it looks and sounds great. You can see it on MilesKennedy.com, a couple performances. And, yes, just for clarity, I'm not talking about that. That's a different approach. I'm talking for an electric rock band. I need at least three guys. That's just my own thing. Right. But, uh, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> I mean, I, I thought it was uh, it was really cool. Now, what are, you, what are you thinking? And I imagine with the tour starting on Tuesday, you've got this kind of honed in. But are you a kind of guy that when you get ready to go out, you lock in on the set list and that's what I'm doing every night, or are you going to move things around as you go? There'll probably be some audibles. You know, the, I like there to be some variation. The first few shows will probably stick pretty close to the set list that we've, re we, we've rehearsed. Um, we rehearsed for about a week um, last week and, and starting, yeah, it was like last week. And so we have something in, in, in mind to kind of uh, send us on our way, but, what happens is about two or three shows in and you start seeing that some of the same fans are showing up wherever you're playing and you want to have some sort of variation for their sake and also for your own sake. Cause it, it just keeps it, keeps it interesting, keeps the challenge. So um, we'll probably interchange two or three, you know, probably two songs at most and uh, initially, and then you know, take it from there. 
So obviously, people will get, I would imagine, a nice dose of stuff from Ides of March, the latest record. But above and beyond that, what what are you going to pull from from your from your career, your catalog? Are you going to touch on everything? Are you going to jump around all the things you've been a part of? Or are you going to stay just on the two solo records? The majority of it is the two solo records, but I will incorporate a few from uh, from the other entities, be it Alter Bridge and Slash and the Conspirators, maybe a Mayfield tune from going going way back. Um, but I and, and when I do that, generally I will do those arrangements by myself. I feel like if I'm going to play songs, a song or two from one of the other bands or both bands, it just feels appropriate to do it. You change the arrangement a little bit and do it as a solo artist versus bringing the band in because I, I I feel like that's kind of at least at this point it feels like it's sacred ground you know to try and recreate the arrangements you've done with the bands that, that those songs evolved from so it's it's fun because as a, as an arranger it just allows me to to experiment you know let's let's try this uh, let's try this let's say world on fire and I'll do it with just a, a resonator and a, and a foot stomp, you know, just all by myself. And it, and it allows the song to kind of do something different and it, it, hopefully the, you know, the fans enjoy it. Tour starts September 7th, which is next Tuesday, Floridian social club, St. Petersburg, Florida, and the dates roll from there, including a stop in New York City at Irving Plaza, September 28th in Jersey. That's the one I got circled on September 26th, Red Bank, New Jersey. Uh, there's a bunch of dates here. You can see them all at MilesKennedy.com. And as I'm scrolling through the dates, Miles, I notice that you are, and this is something I've been asking different artists about, and all of them have a different view on it. And I understand it's important for artists to do because it is, like you said, it can help offset the costs of touring. But you are going to go out and do, you are doing the VIP meet and greet where you will meet people and do all of that. Everybody's got a different approach in the times room with this COVID. How's that going to work for you? Talk about how your meet and greets will work and the decision that you made to go ahead and do them. I know we saw footage a couple weeks ago that Kiss was doing them behind plexiglass. And I don't mean to laugh, but thankfully they're both okay. But Paul and Gene both got sick and they had plexiglass up. So talk about the approach to doing meet and greets now and the decision to do them. Yeah, that, so that, um, you know, we definitely had to figure out the appropriate way to, to, do, to navigate that given, given the circumstances. So what we're going to do is, which is a little bit of what we started on, you know, a few years ago when we did this, where people come in and um, watch the sound check. And then I do like a Q&A. So just talk back and forth with folks and answer their questions and then as far as like actual meeting and greeting, I think that is the part where, though that's still in the description, it's, it's just almost impossible to do that safely now. Um, so, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to work something out to where um, there's no plexiglass involved and it, it won't be like it was in, say, 2018. But, you know, especially through that interaction, you know, talking with fans by, by the stage. And keep in mind, I'm playing smaller venues, so it's easier to do this. But, um, you know, it, that, that will be the protocol. And then we'll do like a, a, a group shot where, um, you know, people get their picture and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely these – are, these are unique times, and, and everybody's trying to figure out – the best way to do things safely and and appropriately and follow some sort of 
you know, protocol for lack of a better word to make it, uh, make it worth everybody's worth, worth, worth everybody's time. Well, I, I think, you know, one of the things that's happening here is I think that we're reaching a point where people are either vaccinated and hopefully they are. And I mean, God knows I was just at a stadium with 40,000 people seeing guns and roses the other day. And I had, I'm about to host Oklahoma. I'm actually in Oklahoma right now. So I had to go through all kinds of testing just to be able to do this. And thank, thankfully I'm, I'm, I'm clear. Uh, but I mean, I think we're at a point now where people have either been vaxxed or they haven't and have had it <laughs> or both, right. you know, and you're reaching that. Where, where you stand with, did you, did you ever get it? Did you, I don't recall if I, did I hear you had it or am I wrong on that? Yeah, I, unfortunately I caught it a while back and uh, it wasn't, it wasn't fun. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, uh, to be, to be honest with you, I'm still kind of, <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, I'm still, struggling with some things especially with just like uh i don't know what it did but i I noticed that when i'm singing along like if i'm holding a note for a long time uh i gotta be careful because uh i I get (laughs) it can it can uh literally knock the wind right out of me so i'm i think i'm still you know this was i caught it a while ago so i guess uh i guess you know i'm still dealing with some of the after effects yeah, it affects everybody differently. I mean, to my knowledge, I haven't had it, but I've been vaccinated pretty for a while now. But and obviously, the 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 uh, impact seems to be a lot less. Thankfully, if you if you uh, are vaxxed, were you vaxxed when you contracted it, or did you, did you not get it yet? No, at that point, I wasn't on. So, where I am here in Washington State, there were certain levels. So once you once a certain there was like a certain demographic, then they could get vaxxed. And so I had just I was just I think I was able to do it like within two weeks and lo and behold, I caught it. So, right. um, yeah, so that was, that was a total drag. Uh, and then I went ahead and got vaxxed, I think in around, uh, it was early summer where I, I finally, you know, by, by that point I knew that the, uh, the, um, what is it? The, where you've got the viral load had probably dropped enough to where the, you know, then I can go ahead and do the, uh, the vax. So, yeah, I'm. Uh, I got lots of antibodies rolling around inside. I guess you're like a bubble, man. You're like a walking bubble yourself. So that's great. I mean, it's it's just it's just so crazy that these are the things that we talk about and being out at these shows and these festivals and these events. And I've been out a lot. I, I'll admit it, but I'm doing whatever the precautions are in the given place, and I I am vaccinated. I'll do what I have to do, but. It's just crazy because it's the talking point everywhere you go. Like, are you going to go out? Are you going to do meet and greets? Are you not? Are you going to uh, No, I'm hiding. I'm in a bubble. I'm not in a bubble. You got and then you've got the guys that have been super careful. And, you know, whether it's Corey Taylor or whether it's Gene and Paul or any of these people that have been really very, very careful about everything they're doing and bubbled it up and masked up and this and that. And then they get it even vaxxed. It's just like there's no rhyme or reason to this, which is why I think what you're doing and everybody and what I'm doing and everybody's just, you got to move forward and live your life and hope for the best and, you know, take the precautions you can take. But it is something that I think is still going to be hovering over us for a while until we get through all this, you know, for good. It's just crazy. Yeah. These are really interesting times. And, um, you know, I, yeah, I was one of those folks who essentially lived in a bubble. I was following, following every precaution um, back when I bought it, but you know what I, I think what we've all learned here is it's like man versus virus. <laughs> we learned just how sneaky the virus is 
And there's, yeah. you, you can follow all these, uh, you can take all these precautions, follow protocol. And sometimes it's just virus will just uh, find its way into your, into your, uh, into your body. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping like you kind of alluded to this earlier that, you know, enough people have, uh, gotten vaccinated or caught it or whatever, that hopefully that, that herd immunity that everybody's hoping that we'll reach, we'll, we'll, we'll end up getting close to in the near future. And then we can, uh, you know, get back to life as we, as we knew it. Yeah, hopefully. Well, listen, um, two quick things and I'll let you go. So give me the update on the slash front. Uh, know the record is, you know, what's the timetable for record tour and all that for that band? Well, as far as the record release and all that, that's still being worked out. Um, I would assume sometime early next year, if I was a betting man. Um, and as far as touring, that's tricky because just like we're talking about, um, there's so many variables now that um, people are just kind of waiting to see what happens. You know, it's easier for someone like me to go out as a solo artist and given size venues that we play, we can you know, kind of make it make it work. And there are people like in with larger um, going to large, bigger rooms, I should say, the Enormo Dome, and they can they can make it work, at least right now. And um, but who knows what's going to happen when the winter hits and then, you know, in the next few seasons, will that change things? I don't know. Um, so I think that some, some are just in a holding pattern. And I think that that's where uh, for the, for the time being, we're just, a, it's wait and see with, with slash and conspirators for next year. Is there anything you can say about the record as far as how you feel about it or what people can expect? Are you excited about it? Yeah, I think that, um, one of the things that I hadn't listened in a while, uh, I've actually stumbled across some some stuff the other day, and and it, and it I think that it has such a live vibe to it. It's a very um, very human sounding record, which I think people will, will appreciate. It's 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 got a certain energy to it. Well, I got to tell you, um, having just seen him slash play this past Friday, I mean, <laughs> if it's possible for him to take it to another level, he's done it because it's just, I mean, his, his, I mean, walking out of that stadium, everybody's just like shaking their head. I mean, every single person talking about slash, I mean, he, he's just so dialed in right now. It's unbelievable. So if, if some of that was captured on the record you have coming with them, it's going to be a special record because I mean, I mean, we all know the guy's obviously a monster player, but it's just it's it's almost another level what he's doing now. It's crazy. Oh, that's great. Yeah, he's definitely he's he's one of those players that um, is a testament to you know seeing how the amount of time someone puts into their craft continuously as, as their life goes on, you, you see how that manifests in, in their performances and in their records. And yeah, he just gets better and better. And so that's great to hear that the, the people are, are picking up on that at these shows, you know, I think, yeah. that, um, yeah, I mean, I, I know, I, I know, you know, go, go ahead. ahead. 
No, I was just going to say I was I was I was with uh, I don't I don't play an instrument so I just know it from a fan standpoint but uh, the people I was with were our musicians and and our guitar players and they were like they just like they were just shaking their heads like the guy it's if it's possible for him to up his game he keeps up in his game it's just crazy. Yeah, it's it's really inspiring. It's awesome. And uh Alter Bridge. I, actually, I'm going to be seeing Mark this weekend because Tremonti is on Rocklahoma, so I'll be seeing those, uh, seeing him with Tremonti, which, much like you going out and doing something solo, gives him an opportunity to go out and play to some smaller rooms and, and establish his thing with his own band. Uh, tell me where if there's a plan for Alter Bridge. I mean, uh, as far as records, uh, writing, playing, what's, what's that look like? Yeah, we're, the, the goal is um, sometime next year as far as getting back in the studio. So um, I think that for for writing and all that, for me right now, I'm so focused on rehearsing and getting this uh, the solo tour up and running. I haven't had much time to, to spend on the writing front. Not to, not to mention, I gotta be honest with you, I just a little bit tapped out. You know, it, I think that I've made so many records over the last few years and I was like, you know, it's, I think it's time to power down and let that well refill. Um, Cause as a writer, sometimes that's the best thing to do. Otherwise things just start to sound stale. So with that said, hopefully I'll start, uh, you know, digging, digging deep and, and going back into writer's mode probably by the end of this year. I know Mark's probably knowing Mark, he's probably coming up some riffs and working on some things while he's out on the road as well. So that's is the uh, that's basically the, the the goal at this point is to get in at some point next year. Had you guys written? Had you started some work on it? Are there some loose ideas already done, or or nothing yet? Oh yeah, there's a, a lot of ideas. You know, frankly, I've got a lot of ideas from the last record that I'll probably throw in the in the ring. I mean, I guess at this point, I've probably got it. If, if someone were to say you've got to make a record tomorrow. So come in with the, your portion of the tunes, I would probably be fine. But I'm also, a, and you and I have talked about this before, I'm also a believer in songs having a shelf life. And sometimes there are songs that will transcend that and seem to just have that longevity. But then there are songs that you'll, you'll hear after you wrote it a year ago and just like, yeah, that one's expired for me. So um I, so with that said, I, I would like to revisit the well and, and build up more ideas before going in the studio and feel really, really confident. And one other thing is I'm looking at your site and your, your dates for your solo thing. So you have shows in in uh, the UK solo next year, or it looks like in December. Are you confident that you're going to be able to do that? Do you know what it's like touring internationally right now? That's a great question. Um, kind of going back to the remains to be seen category. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping so. You know, I'm, I'm trying to stay optimistic on that front because I miss playing overseas so much. I mean, you and I've talked about how much the UK has meant to not just Alter Bridge, but with Slashing and Spears. I mean, they've been such a, an incredible um, foundation for, for both entities and now the solo project as well. So I'm, I'm really Jones when they get back there. So I'm, I'm trying to just think positive thoughts and uh, hopefully I'll be there in December. 
Yeah, hopefully. I mean, uh, th- that's because that's another big part of this that people don't talk about. You've got bands that are out of the U.S. that are are used to playing here that can't get here, vice versa. Bands that got stuck, bands that wanted to go to certain countries and they've locked down again. And it's it must be just, I would imagine for the booking agents out there, it's just got to be a nightmare trying to navigate this and what they can and can't do. And, and, and the other thing, too, is it just seems like you're seeing a lot of artists do much shorter runs than they normally do because they don't want to be stuck. You don't want to be on the hook for renting gear for two, three months or buses. And then all of a sudden you got to pull it in four or five days. So it's still, it's still everybody trying to navigate this as best they can. It seems like. Yeah, it's, it's a real challenge. I feel so bad for managers and agents because they put so much time into putting these tours together. And I remember even at the beginning, um, of everything last last spring you know in 2020 i've talked to 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 our manager and he was trying to stay optimistic and thinking oh you know things should get back to normal by hopefully by the third quarter or something of last year and so he put all this time into trying to you know him and him and him and our agent trying to establish tours and have plans and then as the weeks would go on they'd start to realize oh man it's that all that work was for nothing um, so yeah, and it's happened so many times now, but kudos to them because they keep, they just keep on, uh, pushing forward, you know, because they know that you've got to be ready. You can't just say, oh, well, then let's just not do any, but we won't put any sweat equity into any of this and we'll just wait till it all passes. You, you can't do that either because you've got to, um, be ready to strike when the window opens. And, um, so I, I commend them for that. Oh yeah, and that, that's all true, Miles. But let's also be honest—they want their commission too. <laughs> <laughs> they need their yeah, commission. At the, everybody's got to eat, right? <laughs> that's a good. That's a really good point. <laughs> There's all that, and everything you said is 100 percent true. But everybody's got you know, because I got an agent too. They all want to eat. They want to get you out there. They didn't make money. You're not making money. They're not making money. So <laughs> exactly. Uh, listen man it's always great to talk to you everybody go see miles uh the solo shows i i missed your last solo tour i'm not going to miss this one i got you i got you on my schedule i'm going to try to make that show in jersey but you've got uh the tour kicks off again next tuesday in florida and runs through at least in the u.s it runs through the october uh second you wrap up in baltimore and then hopefully, fingers crossed, you'll get over to the UK as scheduled in December. Do you want to try to add more stuff in in, in the U.S.? Do you hope to do that? Oh, I would love to. And yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to play as much as I can. You know, there's. I just I miss playing. So so I'm just yeah. like I said, I'm staying I'm staying optimistic. All right, bud. Well, listen, great to great to talk to you. And again, everybody check out the record, Ides of March. Seriously, it is a great, great record. I love it. And I'm looking forward to hearing some of it played live. Take care, man. Travel safe. Be well. And I'll, I'll see you in a few weeks. Thank you, man. I really appreciate your time. You take care, Eddie. All right. See you, Miles. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Well, love Miles. Great stuff from him. Hope to catch a date on his current tour, which has just begun in the U.S. I strongly suggest going to see him. Great talent, great singer, great musician, great person. We'll come back and welcome Zach Wild, who checks all those boxes as well. A guy I've known for a very, very long time. Zach is our second interview. That's next on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. 
I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. Rack your look for spring at Nordstrom Rack and save up to 60% on brands you love. Rag & Bone, Vince, Marc Jacobs, Adidas, Joes, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. Score new dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and sunglasses, plus updates for the family and home. Get your spring on for less, up to 60% less, today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Welcome back. Eddie Trunk here with you on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. Zach Wild, a guy that I've known for, well, even before he joined Ozzy, because he's a Jersey guy and he used to play on the Jersey club circuit with a band called Zyrus. His real name, as many know, is Jeff Wyland, and that's what he was known as. And then Ozzy found him in the clubs of Jersey, rechristened him Zach Wild, and the rest is history. Zach talks about an upcoming tour, a new record, and he also talks about Ozzy and a bunch more. So I think you're going to enjoy it. He's always entertaining, always fun to talk to. We even get a little football talk in here, both being New York Giants fans. So here he is, Zach Wild, interview number two. How are you, brother? Father Ed, what are you doing, Racker? Did you get a chance to watch any of our Giants yesterday? Um, no, I was, um, I was, it was in the city. And I was in the room by myself following my genitalia, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I didn't. Uh, so uh, no, I was just cruising around the city yesterday. What we actually were at nine eleven. We went down to uh, uh, down to the you know down to the memorial, you know. So we were there, and then uh, just cruising around the city. I was out here with Philly because we were getting ready to you know do press and everything like that. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but what happened? Well, the G man went down or what? We're we're zero and one. Yeah, we're zero and one, and we lost. And uh, look, they play again on Thursday. It's with not Washington. A, you, you're just spotting other teams, man. You just gotta spot them because you know you feel <laughs> sorry for everybody else. You know that's the giant way, bro. <laughs> hey, let me tell you, you just something. Always else. use that. You know, let me, let, me, let me tell you something else that's pretty funny. Yesterday, I'm doing this um, this medal award show in Middletown, New Jersey. And I'm at a table, right? And I'm talking and interviewing some people. Ross, the boss was there, Mark Weiss, some people we know. And they have to get rid of the table because they're about to turn the stage over and get ready for the show to start. 
and they couldn't find anybody to strike the gear in the table. And who appears out of nowhere and says, I got this, but JD. <laughs> the goose was there yesterday? <laughs> JD, your bass player. He appeared oh, yeah. out of nowhere and was loving the gear. He goes, I got this. Is he good like that, Zach? Is he like in a pinch, good to do anything? Well, um, yeah, you know, he's good for knocking me out. You know what I mean? So he enjoys <laughs> that thoroughly. But, uh, or, you know, just insulting me profusely. But uh, yeah, but that's great. The goose was there. I actually, I, I forgot all about that. I think because Mark just, uh, I just saw this thing that Mark was texting me. I guess you had the big Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing yesterday, right? For it was a, it's a metal Hall of the Fame thing, and Mark fame? was part of it. Yeah, and Mark was showing his photos and all that. We had a good time there awesome. yesterday. But that's yeah, great. So listen, man. Speaking of press, uh, you you've got a record coming. The record's not till November, and you have a video and single out November twenty twenty five. November, November, what? 2025. Pushed it back just a little. You know, we COVID, just want to right? make, uh, make sure it's perfect. <laughs> but you put out a uh, single in video. You put out a single in video for set you, uh, set you free, which I think the song is great, but the video is hysterical. Tell me about when you made that video and, and the concept for it. I told father Justin, you know, he's the Stanley crew back of black label video directing and uh i just said father justin what i want to capture here is my graduation prom in 1985 at jackson memorial high school and i think he captured it perfectly even with the arms getting ripped off the guy at the end and being beaten profusely and the bath salts the whole nine yards <laughs> and that and we were dressed exactly like the band was that played at my prom <laughs> It's oh, seriously that's though. What it's, that video it's, is. it's awesome. It's a lot of fun. And I mean, anybody that's known, you knows you got a great sense of humor about this sort of stuff and rarely take things too seriously, but I thought it was great. Do you have a sequel to that in the pipeline? Will there be subsequent storylines coming? Yes. We'll be making, we'll continue making videos that are just as pathetic as that one. If that's what you're asking. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, stop now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, there's no turning back. <laughs> Tell me about making this record, Doom Crew Inc. when it came out. I imagine this was done in your home studio again. And was it a product of the pandemic? Were you planning on making a record? Were you locked down? You figured, let me go in and knock something out? No, just, you know, just, um, no, obviously being home for the pandemic. And, and you know, like, obviously no one thought it was going to, you know, last as long as it did. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, now that things are starting to get kind of back to, a smidgen of reality where pans are starting to play again and everything like that. But uh, no, just at the house. And it was just like, all right, we're going to do another record. It's just like, all right, give me about it. What do we got? Like a month before the guys come out here. So I just do what I always do. I just go out into the, the, uh, the doom career and den out there. I'll go out in the gym. I got a practice amp out there and I'll just sit and <clears throat> start fishing away until you get something you like, you know, like father Marin, you know, when in the exorcist, when he's out there, excavating and he's looking for something. Then he finds a bazoozoo head and all hell breaks loose. You know, you just hope you don't find the bazoozoo head and you know, then you'll be fine. But uh, no, if you, you're right. And you get something you're happy with. And if you get nothing, you come out the next day and you start jamming again until you get something you like. And then, uh, you know, I just tracked everything until, and then the fellas came out. So like everything you hear on that record was already recorded before the guys came out did all the guitars and everything like that. So when the guys come out, Jeffy will listen to it. 
And it'll be like, all right, what's this part right here? I'll go, why don't we wait? And then I'll do a vocal line. Then we all come in. And it's like, all right, okay, cool. Let me, let me listen to it. And then Jeff would just play air drums. Then he goes in there, plays the drums, comes out, listens. He goes, actually, let me fix a section right over here. And then he'll go in, play in that thing. Done. I mean, you know, because it's kind of, and, and JD will do, you know, the mongoose will work his magic. And then uh, and we put vocals on it. And then we mix it, box them up, and ship them out. But I mean, no, because it's so it's it's completely different than back in the day when we were making the records with the boss. I mean, we'd literally be like rehearsing these songs, like we're getting ready for a tour, which is you know looking back on it now. I mean, it's just like you know the song, just play them. I mean, it's like when Sabbath was in the studio. I, I completely understand the two sides of the coin. You know, you if you're spending three thousand dollars a day back then in the studio you want to make sure you know all the songs before you get in there so you could just knock them out and get it over with so because you're you're on the clock you know what i mean so i understand that but like when you look at sabbath when they did on the paranoid record they recorded the record and they were like we need one more song because we need x amount of time to fill out the record and Tony was like, you got anything? And he was like, down, down, da, 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 da. And then they all kicked in. Ozzy sang the melody line. Kieser wrote the lyrics. Ozzy did the, the vocals. Done. No rehearsals. No nothing. Written on the spot. Done. So, you know, so there is no right or wrong way to do it. You know what I mean? So it's if you it, like you like going in the studio with nothing because you get inspired when you get in there. And that's what we go with. You know what I mean? But like, you know, you could have written, let's say you wrote knocking on heaven's door today when you were having coffee. I'm like, Ed, what was that? And you were like, oh, I was like, I was just noodling on this. I was like, oh, you ought to track that today. You know, next, you never know. You never know when you're going to get something. So, yeah. And then there's no right or wrong way of doing it. But I mean, the way we do it now, I'll just, usually when I write, I just write the whole thing in one shot. I don't write, like have a piece laying here and get around to it later on or whatever, you know, and I'll put this piece with that piece. I, I, beginning to end just one shot that's how i always end up doing everything whether it's stillborn or suicide messiah or any of it you know what i mean so um and the same thing with the odd stuff i mean it would just be you got a riff or you demon alcohol almost miracle man whatever you know what i mean so but um yeah so i mean that's how I, but i mean this way we the way we record it now is that that stuff's all done everything on the record like set you free i tracked that whole thing before Jeff and JD came out, <clears throat> and, but you know, and now that everybody's got their studios and everything like that, because Dario has the dark chapel out there in Vegas, we just took that track and his solo parts. I said, Dario solo in this section and this section. And then we, the end of the solo will double it together. And then, you know, Dario's got the tracks in his studio. He played it. I said, perfect. Great. So yeah, done. I was going to, I was going to ask you about that because, you know, I, I've known Dario a long time and I knew him of course before he was in BLS and he's a great guitar player in his he's own right. Awesome. He's so amazing. he's been in the band now for a while. So, so how I was going to ask does you guitars, how you worked that. Piano, vocals, dishes, laundry, and he makes an amazing <laughs> chicken piccata. Amazing. No salt. So he uses only capers only. Is there is there more of him on this record? Did you is did yeah, you give him a little more? record, man? Yeah, yeah, I guess we're doing a new cover of Guitar World. It's me and him, you know, like like the Allman Brothers. You know, like you'd have you know, Dickie and Dwayne on there, or you know, it's it's just it's more of a two guitar. Like you said, your beloved Thin Lizzy and everything like that. It's more more of a Thin Lizzy 
uh, Allman Brothers, Judas Priest, you know, where, where there's, you need harmony. two guys because there's harmonies and things like that. So, I mean, because in the past, I mean, I need another, you know, you'd need two guys because obviously when I'm at the piano, you know, Dario's doing the solos. So, um, but now it's more so, it's just an evolution because over time, even like certain solos like Stillborn or Suicide Messiah, I'd be going, Dario, just double this with me and we'll double this part or whatever, you know, just getting them more in the mix and everything like that. So uh, it's just an evolution. So now with the new record, he's pretty much on almost basically every song was, you know, soloing like we did on the set you free thing. What's it been like? You talk about having your studio, and I, this is probably, I guess, the third, fourth record you made in the Black Vatican. So the way you write, where you can just go at it at any time, like maybe you got an I would imagine like, hey, I got an idea at the, the dinner table. Hold on. You can run in there and you you can do it. That, that's that got to be nice having that flexibility because you talk about how you used to do it with Ozzy. The meter's running. The clock's running. That's a lot of pressure. You got your own studio. You don't have that pressure anymore. <clears throat> Yeah, but I but I don't I don't record like you know like how we were saying like with Prince, and you know with with uh, Hendrix, you know Jimmy'd be recording all the time. You know he'd bringing his friends in and getting hammered and just writing and jamming all the time and stuff like that. Or, or Prince would be recording all the time. <clears throat> I don't I don't work that way. I mean even, even though I got the Vatican up there, like I mean I don't know how to I don't know how to work. You know I don't want to. I don't, I'm not concerned with working Pro Tools or working the board or working a console. It's just I'll have Father Adam come out here and we'll we'll track everything. But I mean, I'll just record it on my phone. You know, if I get a song idea, I'll just you know a riff that I like or whatever, and, and we're done like that. If I wrote something today, I'll just put it on my on my phone so I have it. But I mean, no. As far as like once once we're done recording, I'm done. You know, I mean, like, you know, once you get this burst of inspiration and it's just coming out and and you just get it all out, like, when we, you know, there's there's 12 songs on a record, but we recorded like 30 songs. There's like 30 recorded songs up there. I mean, mind you, they don't have vocal lines and lyrics and everything like that. But I mean, as far as the music, it's pretty much done. I You know, a whole bunch of other songs. So. But maybe I'll revisit them later on and maybe use them or once we get ready to do the next album in two years from now or whatever, then I think with any any band or any artist, you know, whether it's Neil Young or Zeppelin or Sabbath or Thin Lizzy or anything, I think like you get more excited about getting ready to do the new thing instead of looking back on old material. I mean, the only thing that made it on this record that I've, that was older that I haven't used was uh, Love Rain Down the piano song, but you know, earn the farewell ballad thing, you know, that we ended the record with like farewell ballad. I ended up writing when we were, when I was writing the middle section of no more tears back in 1990. So I had that song around, but that's been sitting in the can since then. So we finally ended up doing, we did a heavy version of it on stronger than death, but I mean, uh, but the piano version of it is on the record now, but, um, and the farewell ballad thing, I did that, at uh, one of the guitar magazines over in Europe. I remember I was just like, Zach, can you put something together? And I, I had that, you know, that whole intro and everything like that. So for the farewell ballad, but now I finally, it's a song, you know what I mean? So it's got lyrics and everything like that. 
So uh, let's talk about the tour a little bit because you're going to be going out and you've got a tour starting October 1st in Sacramento running through November 28th, Albuquerque. And then there's a few additional dates at the end of December leading into New Year's Eve. Uh, you're going to go out with Prong and then on the later shows, it looks like you've got Armored Saint and then on the bulk of the tour, the the bill is Obituary and Prong. Uh, so that's that's this is your first run in a while with BLS, right? Because you've been locked down for the most part too, right? Yeah, we were down. <clears throat> the last show we did was at the Rave in Milwaukee with the Milwaukee chapter. And uh, that was it. And we just figured, oh, you know, with, with JD's, this, we were like, ah, we'll be <clears throat> probably be home for what, two weeks? Tops, what, three weeks, a month, whatever. And then we'll be back out on the road. And then here we are almost two years later. And what now, 19, almost 20 months. Yeah, it's crazy. Did you ever Holy. think, Zach, I remember when you started BLS, I remember getting the first record you know, when it first you, you, you made it, did you ever envision this thing having the legs and turning into what it has? I mean, this, this started out of like, just, I remember of course, pride and glory. You had that, that was a great record. I love that record still. Yeah. We had but a blast, you, thanks, we had a blast the, making that thing. You did the BLS thing. And then like, I don't know, it seemed like, Oh, it's just kind of like, maybe it's a one-off thing from, from Ozzy's guitar player or whatever. And now here we are so many records in, you just put a big box set in out of the catalog whatever record this is nine 10th 11th record whatever did you ever envision this thing having this kind of longevity and turning into this movement almost that it is well i mean i mean i as far as envision seeing um you know playing music for a living you know i mean making the band that's what i tell all because i have so many of my friends that have either quit playing or stopped playing or whatever that were phenomenal musicians or whatever I, i'm just saying he it's like Jimmy Page. You have to be all in. I mean, like Led Zeppelin is his entire life. I mean, it's it, that is his passion and his life. And you're either all in, and that's like make make your band your job. Make make your band your mom and pop shop and then grow it from there. <clears throat> like I just tell, you know, anybody else, like, you know, Zach, you got any advice for my kids or anything like that? I'm like, yeah, like you don't want to have some crummy day job that you can't stand. Why would you do that? You know, I mean, make make the your band your job. So like when I wake up in the morning, I, I look forward to what I'm going to do with Black Label. I mean, whether it's the whether you're writing songs and if you're not playing, then you're coming up with merch, you're coming up with art designs, you're coming up with whatever. You know what I mean? So it's just like but everything revolves around music and the band. And that because that's your you know, like if, like you said, if we owned if we owned the Mets. You know, because obviously I'll mention the Mets because, you know, J.D., I got to do that. And but, me, you know, and we won last JD, night over. Actually, and we won last night over your Yankees. No, <laughs> but he's the, J.D., this is the godfather of Sabatini. So, but he had to get him a little, a little uh, Yankee onesie. He goes, as his godfather, I couldn't give him a Met one. <laughs> so, so Child but anyways, abuse. no, but I'm just saying, like, if, if we own, you know, the Yankees or the Mets or whatever. I mean, if we own, you know, Milwaukee Brewers, the, the whole thing is every day we're involved with every everything down to getting trades, the farm system, down to the way the grass is cut in the stadium, whether we can get easier way to get into the stadium, the food in the stadium, the restaurants in the stadium, putting hotels in the stadium, 
I'm just saying, making it a living, breathing complex so that we have movie theaters in the place, bowling alleys. When there's no games being played, we have concerts there. We have there's just there's just something going on in the stadium when there's no games being played. I'm just saying, like every day, me and you were involved with something going on with the franchise, the stadium. With I mean, so because we first off we love it and we enjoy it and it's our passion. So you know, make, do that with the band. That's what I just always tell kids. I go, just, do you have any advice? Yeah. Make the band your day job. That's that. Hey, I then met, you always I met, look forward to, then you always look forward to going to work except for JD. Cause he has to look at me. <laughs> <laughs> Couple JD's, quick things. That's why that's where the saying comes. God, I hate this job. <laughs> <laughs> Couple quick things. And I'll let you go. Do, would you, do you think you'd ever, like, I know your focus is BLS now, but do you think you'd ever want to do anything with pride and glory again with Tishy and Lomenzo? Lomenzo just got the mega death gig again, but would you ever yeah, like to play father, with that father trio James again? Is, yeah. He's jamming with, with Dave and the, and the fellas, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, the whole thing is you never say never to any of it. I mean, you know, between doing the experience Hendrick stuff, generation acts, Zach Sabbath playing with the boss, you know, black label. I, I love it all. I mean, cause it's, he, I love playing. So, I mean, what's there's, it's all win-win. Are you going to do another Zach Sabbath record? Are you going to maybe do Paranoid next? Yeah, of course. Why not? We'll do as many of them as I can before, you know, before my, you know, I, my head explodes when we start getting into the higher <laughs> registers. I remember telling Oz, I go, Oz, what were you eating your Wheaties? You know, when you were doing uh, the Sabotage album, he goes, no, Zach, just lots of drugs and a lot of alcohol. <laughs> I guess that that would be a form of carbohydrates. <laughs> <laughs> but, I guess but, you're on a high carb diet on that one. I guess, you know, for powerlifting, that's good. <laughs> for, for people that don't know, Zach has an amazing Zach's, uh, Black Sabbath tribute called Zach Sabbath, and you actually re-recorded the very first album. Well, it's not actually a tribute. A tribute band looks like him and does the whole thing. We're just an actual keg party cover band. That's what, right. that's what Zach Sabbath is. But it's killer, and you did a recording of the first, a re-recording of the first Sabbath record. So, or if you were to keep doing that chronologically, you would do Paranoid yeah, next. Totally. Is yeah, that what you, you I, do? I think we already have it in the can. Yeah, we got. Oh wow! I got to go in and do my uh, the guitar stuff on it and stuff like that. Yeah, we have the the second album ready to go, and then we'll start work. Yeah, do them all. You know what I mean? We just got to figure out. You know, because I always just we got to transpose them. Obviously, certain things so I could sing them. You know what I mean? The ones that, you know, you got to fit to the voice and see how high I can get up before my head explodes. You know what I mean? <laughs> Have any of the Sabbath guys heard if that? If you notice the boss's, the boss's voice from the first album just starts getting higher and higher. The register, I mean, you know, by the time they got the Sabbath, bloody Sabbath, like lights out. You know, that's when it started. The, the vocals started getting higher and then sabotage. Forget about it. You told you me, know. Zach, you told me a funny story years ago about recording Thunder Underground when when uh, Ozzy was singing that and the producer kept pushing him to go higher. Do you remember that story? Because then, then the Ozzy goes, yeah, I hope you like that because you're never going to hear it again. You're never going to hear it again. I remember <laughs> I remember, like even with the live shows, I was just like, Zach, what, what songs would you like to put in the set? I go, why don't we open the show up? What do you think? Maybe, I don't know, put Hole in the Sky in the set. And he goes... <laughs> You really want to kill me, don't you? You want to kill me. You don't like me, do you? <laughs> He's the best, man. 
How's he doing, man? How's his health? Are you have you when did you speak to him last? How's he doing health wise? Is no, he not okay? that long ago? I was just, you know, I'll still text and everything like that, you know. But uh you know, just talking about all the you know the insanity going on. But he he's just like, I mean, we're supposed to be doing rehearsals in January, bro. So that's when Ozzy boot camp starts. So I just told Oz, keep doing your Kegel exercises and eating your protein. We got to get you back on the lifting platform for your for your bench squat <laughs> and your deadlift totals. We got to bring them up again back to Ozzy standard so we can get back out on the road. So that's encouraging news from from a health standpoint that they're still you're still on track to go out and play in January yeah, and, and resume it's still shows scheduled. So, I mean, yeah. So hopefully, you know, I mean, Oz is doing everything he can. I mean, last time I went over there and I saw him, he's, he's like, Zach, I'm doing everything I can, you know, cause he, he wants to, I mean, we were having a blast on that tour. The tour was going great. And then, then the last thing we did was the, uh, was the new year's Eve show with Rob zombie and, and everybody, you know? So it was just like, and, and cause Oz was talking and, and mom was saying that like, maybe we'll, do it every year. You know what I mean? Like a new year's Eve show. Cause it, I mean, at the point it was, it was a great turnout and, you know, outside we did the Zach Sabbath thing. Devil driver was on or everybody was on that thing. So it was a, it was a great day all around. So, you know, that's why uh, Oz was like, Oh, maybe we'll do it every year. You know what I mean? I was just like, yeah, why not? I mean, if it, if everybody had a great time, do, do it every year. Why not? So, I mean, that's how it ended. You know what right. I mean? That was like, that was the last gig we did was that New Year's Eve show before Oz hurt himself. One, one last thing on, on Ozzy, uh, as you probably know, the No More Tears record is 30 years old, and there's a special edition coming out. And today they released a version of Hellraiser with Ozzy and Lemmy duetting on it. Have you been involved at all in the reissue? And what, are you, what do you remember about doing the No More Tears record? Uh, we had a blast. I mean, it was definitely, definitely, a, it was a definitely different uh, atmosphere then the first one, I mean, you know, then doing no rest. I mean, because I was, you know, 19, 20 years old when we were recording that one. So it was kind of like, let's see if he can do it. Can he write? And what what's going to happen? So you had that kind of pressure on it. And me, you know, I always viewed playing, being an Aussie guitar player as playing for the New York Yankees. You know what I mean? I always say it's the house that Rhodes, you know, that Rhodes built instead of the house that Ruth built. You know, I mean, it's just like, you know, Oz is the owner of the franchise and you got Babe Ruth and then, then it's all the, the players are expected after Babe Ruth, you're expected to win world championships. I mean, and, and certain things are expected out of you as a Yankee when you become a Yankee. So when you put the pinstripes on, so I've, I've always viewed it as that. So, um, so, you know, it was my first year, my, my rookie year, but, uh, but you know, the second, and we, but mind you, every album we've done though, it was hilarious. I mean, we always had a blast. It was always, I've always said, being with Ozzy, it's a miracle any work ever gets done because everyone's cracking up all the time. So, but, uh, you know, the first album after we did that one, the second one was more, more of a relaxed vibe and everything like that, but still the same thing. I mean, we were, it was just a comedy fest, but it, we had a great time making that record. And, you know, Michael, I, you know, when we did the first one with Keith Olsen and everything, Keith was amazing and, you know, took me aside and helped me get my guitar tone and everything like that. And now, God bless us all. Always love Keith for that. So, and then, um, you know, working with, you know, John and Dwayne and you know, same thing with John, God bless him, man. John's gone. And it's just a John and Dwayne and then Michael Wagner mixing it and Mike's he's awesome. So, uh, you know, I heard it on the radio a couple of days ago and I was like, wow, it still sounds great. Yeah. So, 
you know, it came out really good. But uh, yeah, I, I think that was just the difference. I mean, No More Tears was a bit more relaxed. And, you know, my love for the Allman Brothers and Skinner and everything like that and Marshall Tucker and Blackfoot and everything, the Southern stuff, like, you know, the intro to No More Tears, you know, well, 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 you know, all that stuff is, well, well, you know, like Freebird kind of thing. You know what I mean? So I had that in there. Then, like, I don't want to change the world. I remember when we were doing that, you know, the, the, the country licks in there and stuff like that, just peppering them in and, you know, seeing how much of it I can get away with. So within that context of what we were doing. But I remember, like, a certain, like, I don't want to change the world. Just writing it as a goof. I mean, we were at Joe's Garage where Frank Zappa owned the rehearsal joint. And we're in there and I'm going, dan chicka dan And we're talking about, in, I was doing a riff and stopping. And, there, and we were just saying, like, whatever you could do, how not to pick up a chick. You know what I mean? And it was just like, <laughs> we were on the floor crying, laughing. It'll be dan chicka dan chicka dan 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 chicka dan dan I live at home with my parents and I don't have a job. Dan chicka dan chicka You know what I mean? It's just like, how... <laughs> How you're never going to get a date, right? So it was just like, uh, you know, I live at my home with my parents, but I only have gonorrhea and syphilis, but I don't have lice. You know what I mean? Just like in between these song takes. So we'd all be on the, we were just like crying, laughing. And all of a sudden Ozzy comes walking and he's like, what's that you're playing? I go, Ozzy, it's just a goof. I mean, we're just, what are you talking about? This thing It's ridiculous. And he just goes, we're going to use that. And all I remember is <laughs> next thing you know, next thing you know, we're winning a Grammy for that song. <laughs> oh so it's always good. Take Ozzy to Vegas with you, whatever you do. You know what I mean? <laughs> Without a doubt. Well, man, I, I, the, the, hey, the last thing that just hit me, you got all these amazing stories. Would you like to do another book at some point? I know you did one. Would you like to do another one? Yeah, how hard is it? All you got to do is live and all you got to do is wake up and be in the music business. There's another book right there. Just have somebody transcribe your life. That's all you need to do. Yeah, you don't you don't need ghostwriters for this stuff. Just live and breathe. As long as you wake up, you've got another book in you. And sure. how's Ask the anybody? I just God, bro. How's the audio? How's the the line of gear? How's Wild Audio going? How's all the uh, all the Great. gear, the guitars, guitars, everything yeah, going we just wrong? Got a, got a couple new models coming out right now. Well, we got the Heathen coming out. We're gonna have uh, got a bunch of them coming out right now. The Raven, I mean not the Raven, the uh, the Raider, the Condor, and the Vulture. Those are coming out next. So we're just we're just making those protos right now, and the uh, the Thorax. I got the, I got some pictures of that one that's being made right now. So yeah, we got a couple more coming out. What four? Uh, four four new models coming out. So nice, cool. nice. Uh, yeah, it's great, man. I love it. So the album, the album, the real release date for the album is November what? Doom Crew Inc. Uh, November twenty sixth, Black Friday. Like the album, none more black. <laughs> Everything's got to be circled around that. Yeah, so we got Black Friday. And people right, will be like, what day is Black Friday? I have no idea. <laughs> the day after Thanksgiving. Exactly. Either did I. I guess, what is it, November, September, October, I guess November 26th. Yeah, but if you just say that, I, having worked in a mall when I was a kid for so long, Black Friday is notoriously the biggest shopping day of the year, and it's the day after Thanksgiving. So everybody well, can rush go. out and buy the new BLS record. It's easy to remember that date. Yeah, or if you need a, if you need some coasters right after Thanksgiving, you know what I mean? Some beer <laughs> coasters or anything. You got it right there. You want a big coaster, you get the vinyl. You want a small coaster, you get the CD. Yeah, well, you get the vinyl, and then it's a cheese platter. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> and 
Hey, hey, man, I hope to see you soon. Everybody check out BLS uh, going out on tour, kicking off October 1st. It'll be good to have them back out there destroying on stage again. And the new album, as you just heard, coming on Black Friday. Good to see you, bro. Hopefully we'll be able to hang in person soon. Yeah, without a doubt, Father Ed. Always great talking to you, buddy. You too, man. I'll see you. Best to the family. Got it. Right back at you, Father Ed. Well, thanks to Zach. And also thanks earlier to Miles Kennedy being my guests on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. As usual, all these interviews originated live on my daily radio show, Trunk Nation, heard on Volume Channel 106, live Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time, with re-airs, stuff on the app. A lot of these interviews, including the Zach Wild interview, came with video. If you're a SiriusXM subscriber and in the U.S. or Canada, you can see and hear so much more. And of course, join me live daily for Rock Talk and interviews on volume, 2 o'clock Eastern, every day, Monday through Friday. Thank you so much for listening at Eddie Trunk on social media. Have yourselves a great week, and I'll catch you next Thursday for another all-new episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Take care. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org lost. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.